What is your least favorite class in school? I heard math first. And I gotta agree. Math. Something about the numbers, they just don't add up. I don't know. They should, but it just doesn't click with me. Like, like, let me ask you this. Listen, listen. Have you ever been in math class and and you you stared at the problem that your teacher gave you? Like maybe I don't know if they wrote it on the board or if they gave it to you on a piece of paper or you looked at it on your Chromebook or whatever, but you you stared at this problem. And, and you're, you're looking at these numbers that are compiled together, and you're just thinking to yourself, it just doesn't make sense. Can anyone relate? Like, that's me. That's me. That's my life. Like, I, I, I'm not a math person, like, and, and it just doesn't make sense. And, like, you look at the problem. First of all, it's called a problem, right? And so I, there I have a problem with this. And you, you know Somehow, this is all supposed to work together, and you're supposed to get an answer. Like, I'll never forget eighth grade math. Any eighth graders in here? Eighth grade, I'll never forget eighth grade math. It was my teacher. Her name was Miss Carol. So anyone with two first names is trouble. And so uh, Miss Carol, she's awesome. And uh, so anyways, she gave our, our whole math class this problem, and she wrote it up on the board. Actually, no, she, she made a, an example, like, up on the board and told us how to work it, how to do the problem, and how to, to, she gave us everything we needed to do. And then she handed each of us a piece of paper with this one single math problem on it. And she wanted us to, to now, since she showed us how to do it, to solve it on our own. And it was like, has this ever happened to you? It's like my brain just clicked off. It was like shut down, power down. Like, I, it just, my brain just clicked off. And like, she was walking around the room, like teachers do, like when you're doing your work, and she's walking around the room, looking at everybody's, and I was just like, out of it. Like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't writing any, like, and then, you know, you always have those students in the class who are like, I'm done. And like they, they shout out, they got to let everyone know that they were the first one done. Is that you? Yeah, yeah I figured that would be you. And like, and so like you have those people and the people who are like, boom, immediately like, I'm done and got it done. And then like, I'm sitting there and it's like, I, I, I can't concentrate. Like my brain is just clicked off. Like, and, and, and she, Miss Carol walks up to me in the front of the whole class. I was sitting front row kind of off to the left a little bit, couple rows off, front row. I don't know why I was a front row kid. I'm, I, I probably was in trouble. And she said to me, the whole class was silent. And she was like, Jeremy, the problem's not going to solve itself. <laughs> I was humiliated. Like, because you have all these kids like, ooh, done, finished, me, got it. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't do it. I don't, and I was just staring at the numbers. And like, they're not fixing themselves. I was humiliated. And like, it can be frustrating. It can be a frustrating thing to, um, to know something or to know how something is supposed to work, but you just can't get it. Or you just can't get it to click. Like, and, and in a spiritual kind of sense, the same can be true. It can be, uh, it can be hard to trust God's plan when it doesn't always make sense to us. Like, are, are you someone who can, 
obey God even when you don't fully understand his plan. Because here's what we do as followers of Jesus. We're like, God, tell me your plan for my whole life from this moment all the way to the end. I want to know how at all. I want to know it all. And I want you to know tonight that's not how God works. This isn't how God works. And he'll give you pieces at a time or he'll give you a step at a time. And a lot of times we're like, well, if I can't know the whole thing, I don't want to know any of it. And sometimes it can be difficult to obey God when maybe his plan right off the bat doesn't make sense. Let's be honest, like this can be really difficult. And so tonight we're going to jump back in talking about the Christmas story. And, and so last week we, we talked about Mary and we talked about uh, scientists or, or theologians have believed that Mary was probably about a 15-year-old girl at this time when she became pregnant with Jesus. And, um, and, and so tonight, though, we're going to look at Joseph. <clears throat> so if you got your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be in, in chapter 1. And uh, this gets started, Matthew gets started pretty quick with the birth of Jesus story. And we're going to start Matthew 1, uh, verse 18. And I'm going to read it. And I want to encourage you to read along with me. We're going to go 18 to 25. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant, though, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Did you guys know, like, at this time in culture or in this part of the world, um, it was perfectly legal to have a woman put to death if she showed up pregnant with another man's baby. It was a perfectly legal thing to do. And Joseph, he could have done that. But he decided, you know, he's an honorable man. And he decided, you know what, this isn't how this is going to work with me. I'm just going to break off the engagement peacefully and quietly. And then verse 20. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet that said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. See, Joseph, the Bible says he was a good and moral man. He was engaged to be married to a good girl. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she's claiming to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Like Joseph, his fiance, was claiming to be carrying the Son of God. How was Joseph supposed to believe that? 
Like, like you got to imagine that it didn't fully make sense maybe in Joseph's mind. Like he, he was looking at the circumstances and, and he couldn't make it. Maybe it didn't make sense to him in the moment. And so what he did is he decided to quietly and break, break off the engagement to Mary. But then the angel of the Lord showed up. And the angel shed light on, on all the circumstances, shed the light on everything going on. And, um, and he showed up to Joseph, and, and Joseph did what the angel commanded. See, I, I got to imagine, though, that the situation still didn't make sense. But Joseph, he, he trusted God anyways. Like, like have, I want to shift gears for a minute. Have you ever heard of a place called Death Valley? Some of you guys may be like, that's my dating life. Um, Death Valley is, sorry, um, Death Valley is this place in, in California, Nevada, and, and it's, it's, it regularly records some of the hottest temperatures on earth. And this past summer, uh, David and Johnny and me and Jackson, um, when we flew out to LA to drive David's bus back to Kansas City, we didn't, we didn't go through Death Valley. We went south of Death Valley. And, and I'll, I'll never forget, we stopped uh, one time to get gas. And this was, like, like I said, not even in Death Valley. And you step out of this bus to get gas, and it was like just the heat just hits you. And, and it's like it's just so hot, it, just, it takes your breath away. Like it was unbelievable, the unbelievable heat. And it was like... You would sweat, but it would like almost as soon as you would sweat, it would like evaporate off of your body. So I got, I got a picture kind of of what Death Valley looks like. Um, maybe. Maybe not. Is it? Nope. Yes. No? Okay. No. So I don't have a picture, with, but Google it later. You'll know. You'll see. So Death Valley, it's hot and it's dry. And, and here's the deal about Death Valley, that nothing can live there. Nothing grows there. Nothing lives there. But in March of 2005, and I think it's happened again since then, um, there's this crazy weather pattern that took place. Um, and for a few hours in Death Valley, rain poured down. And as, as a result of rain, oh, we don't have this picture either. I guess we didn't have the other one. We probably don't have this one. No. Okay. So it's a phenomenon. Everybody say phenomenon. Okay. It's a phenomenon, and it, it's called, um, oh, shoot, um, something bloom. I don't know. Uh, anyways, so all of a sudden, so, so it, it, the picture it's, it's this desert floor, and it's so hot, and it's so dry that the ground is like even cracked, and it's breaking up, and it's like the ground is even brittle, and it's almost like sand, and it's, it's so hot and so barren, and then all of a sudden, this downpour comes, and then right after this downpour, it's, it's one of the most amazing things. You, you, you can look at it later. Um, but like a field of wildflowers grows up. And, and what was the most barren place in the world, the hottest place in all the world, is all of a sudden now full of life. How does that happen? Because there, there were seeds in the ground. But the seeds couldn't grow because the time just wasn't right for them to grow. See, 
why are we talking about this? Because we're talking about this because, because just like Mary, just like Joseph, God has placed a seed in your heart. And maybe the enemy has what he's done is he tried, he's tried to create a death valley in areas in your life. And you may look at that area, it may be your family, it may be your school, it may be your friends, it may be your home, it may be your future, like, and it may be your calling, and then there's nothing there. Maybe it's like a death valley in your life, like there's no hope, like something, that, that nothing seems to be growing in your life. I, I want to tell you this tonight, if, if you'll simply trust God, there's rain coming your way. And if you'll allow him, he'll take whatever death valley that you're facing in your life and he'll, he can turn it into something beautiful. So look at Joseph. He's engaged to Mary. Mary's a virgin and, and this angel shows up and the angel's like, hey, Joseph, listen, the Holy Spirit, he's gonna, he's gonna show up and he's gonna place a baby in Mary and this baby is gonna be the savior of the world. Joseph, listen, trust me. It's going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be cool. And I got to imagine, like, Joseph, he's like, ah, oh, well, well, that's cool. But, um, like, like, Joseph heard from this, this angel showed up to him, and he heard from this angel. But now what's Joseph have to do? Joseph, the angel only showed up to Joseph. Now Joseph, he's got to face his family. He's got to face his community. He's got to face the people around him. And, and he's like, hey, um, everyone, I just, I just want to let you know uh, Mary's pregnant. She's pregnant. And, and, and I know we're, like, we're not married yet. We kind of got things out of order here. But, but listen, here, here's what happened. Like, you got to know this. And, and trust me when I say this. It wasn't me. And they're like, oh, that makes things better, right? And like, and, but the Holy Spirit came to Mary, and he gave her this child, and, and, she, and this child is going to be the Savior of the world. Imagine that conversation, right? Or, or maybe Mary, uh, like a 15-year-old girl. Mom, dad, I'm, I'm pregnant. But, but you're not even married yet. It, it, it's, not, it's not Joseph's baby. What? Like, but listen, I want you to know this angel of the Lord, he showed up and he came to me and he said, the Holy Spirit is going to give me this baby and everything's going to be okay, I think. Like, this is crazy. This is craziness. But this was God's plan for Mary and Joseph. But I, and I want you to know tonight, even in, in Mary and Joseph's life, even in so many people re, read in the Bible, and even in your life, God's plan may not always make sense. God's plan doesn't always make sense. Like even, even in, uh, in Ephesians 1.4, it says God has planned you. He says he's called you even before the beginning of the world. He's saying your life was planned before God even said, let there be light. Before the beginning of the world, God's like, I got a plan. I got a plan for you. Your life is already planned. In Psalm 139, it says that he weaved you together in your mother's womb. And as he did that, he placed seeds in your heart that will come alive at the right time as the rain of the Holy Spirit falls on your life. So in God's eyes, 
because he, he plans you before the, the foundation of the world and he places seeds inside of you from the very beginning, you can become everything that God has called and planned you to be. And, and I'm not saying that you can become anything. Like, I wanted to become an NFL football player. Those were my dreams, but I was way too short, way too small, slow, and um, I just did. I didn't. It wasn't going to work for me. That's just how it works. But some people think that they can become anything. Maybe your mom says, you can become anything. Maybe you've seen it on TV. You can become anything. You've seen it on, on social media. You can become anything. And, and I want you to know tonight that you can't. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. You can't. It's, it's just, let's just be honest. You can't. Uh, you can try. Like, like, for instance, like, you've probably all seen this, um, checked out clips from America's Got Talent or um, The Voice, and, like, there's this guy who thinks he can really, really sing good, right? And then he opens up his mouth, and he begins to sing, and it's like, oh, your mom should have told you um, this is not what you should be doing, right? Like, before you go on national TV and do this, like, maybe this is not your thing. Maybe there's something else that, that, that you're really good at. Like you cannot become anything, but you can become everything that God has already made you. Like you can't become just anything, but you can become what God has already made you. Like everything. Like he called you to do before the foundation of the world. Like anything that connects with the seeds that's already planted in your heart. So how's that look? How's that look for us? Well, he, he's called you, every single one of us. He's called us as followers of Jesus. One thing, how, how that looks is he's called us to live holy. He's called us to live a holy life. He called you to be, he, he called, he's called us to be more than a conqueror. So you can become more than a conqueror. He's called us to be holy. So you can become holy. And not because of like your own strength or your own personality, but because there are seeds planted deep within your heart, within your soul, within the ground. And, and that ground in your life right now may look like Death Valley. But I want you to know that the reign of the Holy Spirit can change all of that. Think about different people in the Bible. Think about Gideon in the Bible. In Judges 6, Gideon, he's like a young teenager, and he is scared to death. Like, he's hiding out. He's so scared. And, and like, he has low self-esteem. He thinks he's nobody. He thinks he's no good. And God shows up to him and says, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. Let me ask you tonight. Is God lying when he said this? No, he's not. See, God called Gideon to be a mighty warrior before the foundation of the world. He placed seeds in Gideon to become a mighty warrior, um, and he placed those in the heart of Gideon. And that's why Gideon can now be everything that God already created him to be. You can be an engineer, because I've made you to be an engineer. You can be a mighty warrior, because I've made you to be a mighty warrior. You can be a great mother someday 
because God has created you to be a great mother. You can be a gifted musician because God has made you that way. You can be a great pastor, a great leader, a great church planner, a great missionary because God has called you to do these things. So if God has called you before the foundation of all the world, and if God has placed seeds in the ground through, through though they, it may seem like death valley in your life, and if God is also the God that's sending the rain, what's our part in this? How do we respond to this? What are we supposed to do? I'm going to tell you. We need to make sure that our heart is in good ground. See, the word heart in the Hebrew and in Greek words, because our Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek, the word heart in Hebrew and Greek um, and the human heart is the second most used word in the Bible. Second only to the name of the Lord. And so this tells us something. This tells us how important it is that we guard our hearts. This tells us how important it is that we take care of our hearts and that we keep our hearts clean and pure. Not only just because God wants us to, but because it's, it's breeding ground for the seeds of God's plan for our future. And if we keep our hearts pure, if we keep our hearts clean, then there's no death valley in the world that can keep God's seeds from growing up in our lives. But just like Mary, just like Joseph, like th this seems so strange and it seems so weird, like no one's gonna believe this. But I trust you, Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with what? with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he'll show you which path to take. And if we, we really break that down, the key words there, you gotta trust. You can't depend on yourself. You gotta seek his will, and he'll show you. See, when we don't understand God's plan, um, I want you to know tonight that that's okay. That's okay. Scripture tells us that we can lean on God's understanding. When we don't understand, we can lean on him and his understanding. When, when his ways don't make sense to us, but we seek his will, not our own, and the Bible says that he will show you which path to take. When we submit our path, when we su submit our plan, when we submit our direction to God, he makes sure that we're headed in the right direction. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, it says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. This is God talking. He's like, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Like, this isn't what it's saying here. This isn't a proclamation of how far God is above you. Like, how high, it's not like I'm so high and you're so low. Like, what this is, this verse, this is an invitation for you to leave behind your low ways and your low thoughts and rise up to his level. Because the verse right before this, verse 7, it says this, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
and let him return to the Lord. See, this next year, we're, we're almost in 2022. How crazy is that? I, I'm not going to go there because we even have Christmas yet. I, I got to do things one at a time. Actually, got to hit my birthday first. That's tomorrow. Um, by the way, I've tried to find all of the free stuff you can get on your birthday. I'm going to eat like five meals tomorrow. I got Red Robin. I got a free drink at Starbucks. I got, um, oh, hack, uh, not hack. What's the, what's the wings place? Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I'm, I'm taking advantage of the birthday stuff and not even a senior citizen. Anyways, this next year, sorry, wrapping, coming back to this, and then I'm wrapping up. This next year, um, I really believe for a lot of you guys in this room, listen, I really believe for a lot of you guys in this room this, this next year that God's going to call you um, this upcoming year to expand your hearts, um, to open your heart, because there, there are big dreams coming your way. There are big plans that God has for you. There's a big purpose that he has for you. And, and I want to encourage you, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. We need to have our hearts prepared. Like the Bible says, we need to live our lives in holiness. We need to be holy. So like what could be like unexpected gifts from God could be the very thing that you've been searching for that could launch you into that next season of your life. But a lot of times we just sit around because they're like, oh, I don't want to wait or I want to know all of it. Or like, I can't wait on God or I don't understand God. But the Bible says that don't trust your own understanding. Trust him, follow him in all his ways. He'll make your path straight. He'll direct your path. What could be unexpected gifts in your life that, that, that God is just waiting to reveal to you, that he's waiting to give to you that you've been searching for? See, we have to learn to obey God even when we don't understand. And I want to tell you this. Oh, you guys, I'm about to tell you how old I am. Tomorrow, I'll be 43. I know, I'm old. I don't look it. I look like a spry young cat. Anyway, 1978. I'm as old as your parents, probably. Older, older. Okay, sorry. We're coming back, coming back. <laughs> Anyways, um, we got to learn to obey God even when we don't understand. And I want to tell you this. Listen. This has been the story of my 43, almost 43 tomorrow, 43 years of my life. Even when I don't understand, I obey God. Even when I don't fully grasp everything that's going on, I try to obey God. Even when I I'm, I'm, I'm have death valleys in my life and I'm facing difficult things, I've learned to trust and obey God. And I, and I got to tell you this, that time after time after time, I've seen him come through. I've seen him show up. I've seen him reveal new things in my life, new plans and new purposes and visions and dreams and, and places that he wants to take me and things that he wants to do in my life because I simply trusted him and I simply obeyed him with everything I have. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not normal because we want to know every step. We want to know every place we're going to go. We want to know our plans, and we want to know, like, my 401K and my insurance and my all this kind of stuff. You guys will get there someday. And you're going to want to know these things. But God's saying, simply just, just trust me. Just obey. I'll take care of you. I'll take care. I'll bless your life, even. I'll walk with you. You don't even have to go through this alone. 
if you'll just trust, if you'll just obey, we'll, get, we'll receive unexpected gifts. So how do we respond to this message tonight? Some of us, we have a hard time obeying God when, when his plans don't always make sense to us. And so tonight, I want to challenge you to put your trust in him and to, to believe in him, believe that God's ways are greater than our ways. And, and when you choose to obey God, even when you don't understand, like when you do that, you have an opportunity to grow your faith in a way that you've never done before. And, and I want you to know this tonight, that God's plans, they're always good. They're always good. Like, he's not just going to leave you hanging out to dry. He's not just going to leave you there. His plans are always good. His purposes are always good. I'm going to pray, and we're going to have our fam times tonight. Um, if you don't know what that is, I'll explain in just a minute, but I'm going to pray first. Jesus, I love you. God, I thank you that you have great plans I thank you that you have great purposes for every single one of us. Lord, you, you even planned all this before you even created all the earth. So God, I just thank you that you have a great plan for each and every one of us, where sometimes we may feel like we're in death valley, where there's no growth, where, there's, where we're lost, where there's nothing going on. It's just, it's just our, our, our souls feel just barren and dry, and we just feel so lost. God, I, I thank you that you're a God who don't leave us that way. That when we seek you, that the words, your word says we'll find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. God, I pray that we'll be people who seek you, that we'll be people who trust you, and uh, people who want to know you more. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.